Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Can you all hear me okay? Yeah, okay. I'm so happy to be here with you. Amen. This is going to be a short session. Uh, we have a lot of feeling and burden Amen. to share with you about the importance of reading the Bible. Amen. And I, I want to uh, tell you, because we love the Lord Jesus, Amen. because He is our beloved. Amen. We love His Word. Amen. We love His speaking. Amen. We love to hear the voice of our beloved. Amen. Okay, so that's the topic for today. How about you all read uh, the first verse on the top of your outline, 2 Timothy 3.15. Go. Okay, so, again, the topic this afternoon is on the importance of reading the Bible. Okay, you have in your hands a very short outline. All the letters in that outline are simply verses from the Scripture, okay? My intention, my desire is that not only you will be freshly convinced of the importance of reading the Bible, but that you will be able to help somebody else concerning this matter. Amen. That's why the outline is very simple. Uh, my desire is that you, with that outline and those verses and your notes that you need to be taking, you should be able to help a younger one, a new believer, Amen. a classmate. Amen. That's in my heart. And if we will have the time, I will give you some time to labor in groups and digest this outline, and I will test each one of you in groups about how you present this short outline to others. But we will not do that, okay? So we just go through these points. Uh, (laughs) Don't worry. Just enjoy, okay? First of all, I would like to mention a few things concerning the Bible. Number one is that God, in His mercy, has given us two great, Spiritual inheritances. And that is number one, the invisible Holy Spirit within us. And number two, the visible Bible in our hand outside of us. That is part of our inheritance. Okay? This book, which I am holding in my hand, is different from from all other books. Because the nature of this book is divine. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is God-breathed. And that means that the Bible did not come out of man's thought, out of man's idea, but actually it was God breathing His thought and His Word through the Spirit into and out of the writers. So whenever we read the Bible, we get God's element and even God's flavor. So as Christians, our greatest joy and blessing is that we are able to contact God daily whenever we come to the Bible. Because in the Bible, we have the breath of God. Okay? Then, another thing you need to be clear is what is the main function of the Bible? When somebody asks you, 
What is the main function of this book? You should be able to answer in the following way. The main function of the Bible is to impart God into us as life and as the nourishment of life. The main function of the Bible is not just give us knowledge about God and the love of God, but to impart God himself into us as life. So whenever we come to this book, right, we should not be content just with understanding it. But actually, we have to come to the Bible with the intention to take something of God into us, just as we come and take our physical food. Okay? This is our food. And this brings us to the first point of your outline. Okay? Roman number one. Why it is important to read the Bible? Because it is a necessity of life. How about you all read letter A? Go. Okay, so reading the Bible is no different from eating physical foods. No different. That's why you have Matthew 4, 4. In that one verse, the Lord Jesus put these two things together. Both are necessities of life. Eating your physical food and reading the Bible. Okay? Now, you don't need to raise your hand. But maybe some of you have been struggling, struggling with reading the Bible in a consistent way. Daily. And in 1978, a young believer asked Brother Lee this question. Listen. Quote, I have trouble coming to the Word in a regular way every day. Question, what is the secret to be able to do this? Would you like to know the secret? How can I develop this habit of reading the Bible on a daily basis? And this is Brother Lee's answer. He said, quote, Finding time to read the Bible is not difficult if we have the realization that taking in the Word is a life necessity. It's all a matter of a realization. However busy we are, brothers, especially brothers, we always find time to eat. Isn't that true, brothers? We always. Why is this? Because eating physical food is a life necessity. Well, it's the same thing with reading the Bible. So, establishing something regular, Brother Lee says, depends on our realization. Okay? Let's read letter B. Go. As you were raised along with the guidance of the Word, in order that by it you may grow unto salvation, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. Very good. Okay. So, when reading the Bible, our focus should not be on being taught by the Bible, but on being supplied by the Bible. That should be our focus. So, for all Christians, reading the Bible is a life necessity. And anyone who has this realization 
should be able to practice coming to the Word on a regular basis. Okay? Eventually, if we get accustomed to this, to coming to the Word on a regular basis, we will develop an appetite for the Word. And then we will feel that something is lacking when we don't do it. We will develop a daily habit. And eventually, we will become healthy in our Christian life. Amen. Okay? Let us see. Go. I have treasured the words of this mouth more than my Oh, you have to treasure these, these verses. I mean, Matthew 4, 4, 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 2 and 3, and then Job 23, 12. Even you have to memorize these verses. Okay? So, what I want to say about out of this verse in Job is that you know, in the church life, we don't like legalities, right? The brothers can testify. We don't like legalities. But as far as reading the Bible is concerned, we have to be legal. We cannot just read the Bible whenever the Holy Spirit inspires me to read the Bible. No person is healthy, humanly speaking, when he is, if he is only inspired to read the Bible. He will not be healthy. So we have to be legal in reading the Bible. Because we have this realization. Okay? If we build this habit, then we will see how our Christian life is transformed. Okay? Then let us go to Roman number 2. Go ahead and read together the number 2 and letter A. Go. Very good. So, why is it important to read the Bible? Because we need to be enlightened and we need to be purified. People walking in the dark need a lamp to shine on the path of their feet. And the Bible has this capacity. The Bible is a heavenly lamp. So as we walk in this dark age, we truly need the Bible to function as a heavenly lamp to shine on our every step. So that will preserve us from living or deviating from our path and maybe falling into a pit. We need the Bible to function as a heavenly lamp. So brothers and sisters, if we read the Bible and keep the word of the Bible in our hearts, it will truly become to us a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, shining upon us according to our needs. Okay? Let it be. Go ahead. Read together. So in addition to containing the power to enlighten, the Word in the Bible has the power to purify. Okay? Enlightenment is in contrast to darkness, and purification is in contrast to filthiness. And you know this, that the age in which we are living is filthy and it is dark. Right? But the word of the Bible has the power to cleanse our every action by removing everything that is filthy and impure. And I would say, brothers and sisters, 
this is especially important for young people. Okay, so if we read the Bible frequently, we will not only be enlightened, but we will be purified. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord for the Bible. Amen. It enlightens us and it purifies us. Amen. Now, let us, let us read, uh, see, together, go. It's not my word, but my fire declares Jehovah, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in Jesus. Okay, so reading the Bible regularly will not, on, will not only cleanse us from the filthiness that comes from the outside, from the world, but it will deal with all these negative elements within us. Okay? In this verse, the word functions as a fire to burn us. You know, if you want to purify something, you just burn it. And it gets pure. Purified. Okay, so the Bible burns us. And it also burns everything that we have confidence on, apart from God. Then the Bible, as, as a hammer, breaks down these five things. Ourself. It breaks our natural life. It breaks our flesh. It breaks our loss. It breaks our concepts. Let me ask you, brothers and sisters, who can deal with these things? The living brothers? The elders? The co-workers? No one can deal with these matters. But God has a way. God has a heavenly hammer. You just need to let that hammer get in and do its job. It will break down all these negative things. Again, praise the Lord for the Bible. God has a way. Okay? Let us move on to Roman numeral 3. Okay. All scripture being God breathed and profitable. Okay, go ahead and read letter A. Go. Very good. Okay. I want you to know the context of these verses. Okay? The context, when you come to 2 Timothy chapter 3, is that of worsening of the decline of the church. Okay? And Paul is telling Timothy, and he's even warning Timothy, about the difficult times that will come. That's in verses 1 and on. Because men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, evil men. And that is spreading. Okay? But Paul not only warned Timothy about these difficult times in which we are now, but he also gave him an antidote against the decline situation, the decline of the church. And that antidote is the divine word. And that's why in verse 14 it says, but you, yes Timothy, everything around you, men, lovers of self, pleasures, money, but you, but you, men of God, right, but you continue in the things which you have learned. 
What is this? To Timothy, that's the New Testament. The things that you have learned. The central matters of God's New Testament economy. Passed on by Paul to Timothy. Continuing these things, Timothy. And then in verse 15, And that from a babe you have known the sacred writings. What is this? The Old Testament. So, you, men of God, you have learned and you have known. You have to underline those phrases. You have learned, in verse 14. You have known, in verse 15. That the New Testament and the Old Testament. Then let it be continues. How about you all read let it be together? Go. All scripture is God read and for 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 All scripture. Underline that. All scripture. So in verse 14 you have the New Testament. In verse 15, you have the Old Testament, and in verse 16, Old Scripture. And I want to pose a challenge to you, my dear young people. I came all the way from Austin to ask you this. (laughs) You have to know Old Scripture. How about those incoming freshmen? You have four years. Okay, You, you have to take this challenge. I am going to read... Old Scripture, at least twice in my college years. Especially the Old Testament. Don't forget the Old Testament. I love the New Testament, but here is Old Scripture. And from a babe, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to save you, right? So, will you take the challenge? Who is going to be a freshman here? Do you have any of those here? Raise your hand. Okay, all of you. You have to. Go to your college years and read the Old Testament twice. How about that? Twice. Maybe the New Testament four times. <laughs> or eight times. You know, in Austin we have the schedule. Every six months we read the New Testament. Every six months. So easily you can do it eight times. Right? In your college years. Okay. All scripture is God breathed. Underline God breathed. And profitable for a number of things that the man of God. You have to underline all scripture, God breathed, and the man of God. Incoming to the word of God, our focus, listen carefully, should not be first on teaching, conviction, correction, instruction, and every good word. That should not be first our focus. Our focus should be first the God whom we love. That is our focus. So if our attitude in coming to the Word is to care, apart from God, on the commandments in letter, then the same Bible will become the killing letter to you. But if our attitude, when we come to to the Word, is to seek God in love, is to take all Scripture as the Word breathed by God, the God whom we love, then this book will become a channel to you, to supply you with God's substance, with His element, so that you will become a man of God. What is a man of God? Is one who partakes of this infusion, 
partakes of God's life, God's nature, and becomes one with God in his life and nature, so that in his daily living, in a very spontaneous way, he can express God and become a living testimony in this dark and evil age. But you, O man of God, that's what the Bible will do to you. If you come with that attitude, don't let the Bible become to you the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let the Bible become the tree of life to you. Then number four. Go ahead and read it together. Okay, so we must read the Bible because what God has spoken in the past is the basis of His speaking and revelation to us in the present. Listen carefully. God rarely speaks things which He has not already spoken in the Bible. Rarely. Even though you may be quite advanced in your spiritual walk, God's speaking and revelation to you will still be confined to what He has already spoken in the Bible. And the, the verses there are excellent. Okay? This is how Peter explained the, the outpouring of the economical spirit on the Jewish part of the body. That's how he did it. Okay? So, just quickly. At that time, the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven as a rushing, violent wind. And then there appeared tongues as of fire upon them. And all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. In those days, there were men dwelling in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. So when that sound occurred, the multitude came together. And each one heard the disciples speaking in his own dialect. And they said to one another, What does this mean? And even some were mocking, saying, Oh, they are full of new wine. And at this juncture, Peter stood up with eleven. And he's going to explain. He's going to answer that question. What does this mean? What does this mean? So Peter is ready to answer that question. What does he do? Does he come with his own idea, his own interpretation, his own logic? No. Read verses, uh, letters A and B. Go. Amen. From verses 16 through 21, everything is in quotes. Peter was quoting what God has spoken through the prophet Joel to explain the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see the point? God can, can reveal something and speak something further based upon what He had already spoken. So, if a person does not know what God has spoken in the past, it will be very difficult for him to receive God's speaking and God's revelation in the present because he lacks the basis of God's speaking. Okay? 
Then finally, Roman number five. Go. The patience of God speaking to others through us. If God wants to speak something to others through us, He will also do it on the basis of what He has spoken in the past. If we do not know what God has spoken in the past, He cannot speak through us to others. Listen carefully. God wants to, but He cannot speak to others through you. And therefore, we become useless in the eyes of God. And the following verses are a very good example of this. Letter A, go. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and you will speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me that scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel, and speak my word to them. Okay, here are a few things I want to underline. Uh, please take your pen. Son of man, eat. Underline that. Son of man, eat. Amen. Tell your neighbor that. Son of man, eat. Amen. Then underline, son of man, go. Amen. Tell your neighbor, son of man, go. Amen. This is God's way. He's the almighty God. He's the speaking God. But he will not speak directly. He will need a vessel, a channel vessel. Now, underline the following four key words. Well, you see when it says on the, sec- on the second line, I guess, so I opened my mouth. Underline opened. And he gave me that scroll to eat. Underline eat. Then he said to me, son of man, go. Underline go. To the house of Israel and speak. Underline speak. Four key words. Open, eat, go, speak. Open, eat, go, speak. I even wonder if somebody can write a a song with four stanzas. And each one has open, eat, go, speak. How about that with a hymn? Stanza one, open. Stanza two, with the concept of eat. Stanza three, go. Stanza four, speak. Speak what? Speak my logic? Speak my concepts? No. Speak what? My words. He's the living God. Why, why would he have to go through Ezekiel? Convince him. Son of man, don't be rebellious like the rebellious house. You open your mouth, eat, go, and speak. You want to be useful in God's hands? Will you choose to be an overcomer? Then you have to open, eat, Go speak. This has been your story, even your history in your college years. What did you do in your college years as far as the world, Ty? Four things. I opened, ate, went, and spoke. A 4.0. That's a 4.0. That's it. 4.0. Go for the 4.0. Okay, so, for for time's sake, I need to close... This part of the meeting, we still have uh, Philip to share with us something, but I want to say something just to conclude. My dear brothers, students, you do not know, even in the future, your time will be more limited, your circumstances more unfavorable. So now, at this time, is the acceptable time to make a great resolution. <laughs> 
to establish a habit of daily reading the Bible. Amen. You are here presented with that opportunity. Amen. About two centuries and a half ago, Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, said, The Bible, when not read in schools, is seldom read in any subsequent period of life. And that is really true. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your time. Okay? So, let me close with this. Watch my knee. I'm going to quote about opportunity. He said, The Lord considers opportunity to be something very important. More than half of God's will is found in His opportunity. If we can identify the opportunities, we can identify God's will. This is a very serious matter. Daniel 11.32 says, The people who know their God will take action. My prayer is that you will be that people. The people who know their God and take action are the overcomers. Will you choose to be an overcomer? Overcomers are those who keep God's word in their hearts. And become so useful for Him in His move, in His purpose. To end this age. And bringing the next age. The kingdom age. Very good.